Welcome to the Shift Gold Friday Gold Wrap, your overview of this week's precious metals news. It's Friday, April 24th. I'm your host, Mike Meharry. Thanks for tuning in. So this week is probably going to be remembered for the great oil market meltdown. I'm going to get into that here in just a few minutes, but it's been a pretty good week for gold. The yellow metal has been yo-yoing above and below the $1,700 per ounce level really for a couple of weeks. Uh, It pushed above that level early this week with the oil market fiasco, and then it got a big boost on Wednesday as we got closer to another round of stimulus. The spot price of gold was up 1.6% on Wednesday. This morning, gold is trading above $1,750 an ounce, although it seems to be drifting a little bit lower in early trading. Speaking of stimulus, Congress passed another $484 billion spending bill this week. A big chunk of that is earmarked for the small business loan program that was funded in the first big stimulus bill uh, and has already run out of money. There's also money in this new bill for a hospital bailout. You know, weird thing about this whole coronavirus thing is it's killing the healthcare industry. Hospital staff is getting laid off. Healthcare companies are struggling. I have a friend who's finishing up nursing school, and she's having a hard time finding a job. I mean, nursing school was supposed to be that you'll always be able to get a job career path, right? Not now. And this is all because it's all coronavirus all the time. You know, we're seeing a lot of uh, just normal procedures and and normal medical stuff being pushed to the side with coronavirus. So anyway, the total government stimulus right now is approaching $3 trillion. And they're calling this last bill an interim bill or a phase 3.5 bill because they've already started negotiating for an even bigger stimulus package. So if you're concerned about the economic impacts of the government lockdown, don't you worry. Government is going to stimulate us out of it. Now, of course, this is great for the gold market. Even the mainstream is starting to get it. Bank of America raised its 18-month gold price projection to $3,000 this week. Uh, The report it put out was titled, The Fed Can't Print Gold. No, no it can't. But it's got that dollar printing press running 24-7. I'm still amazed. You know, I know I shouldn't be, but I'm still absolutely amazed at the number of people who seem to think that the economic issues aren't really that bad. You know, it's just coronavirus. And and we're just going to restart the economy and everything will snap back to normal. I I guess this is kind of an extension of the we have the greatest economy in the history of the world thing people believed before coronavirus. Of course, that wasn't a thing. The economy was rotten at the core before the pandemic. And now the whole thing is caving in. Things aren't going back to normal. I've said that over and over again. It seems to be the theme of the podcast now. I don't care how much stimulus Congress and the Fed throw at it. Just look at some of the numbers, and it's clear how bad things are. I mean, we're truly in unprecedented territory. I hate that word because it sounds like you're using hyperbole. We're we're not at all. It is unprecedented territory. We're starting to get some of the economic data Uh, post-coronavirus shutdown, one report called it, quote, a house of horrors. So, for example, U.S. manufacturing PMI hit an 11-year low. The flash services PMI fell to an all-time record low. 
IHS Market is the uh, outfit that puts out the service's PMI number. It said, quote, the scale of the fall in the PMI adds to signs the second quarter will see a historically dramatic contraction in the economy. Historically dramatic. And we got the latest unemployment report yesterday. Another 4.4 million Americans filed for unemployment last week. That brings our five-week total to over 26 million. That's 16.24% of the U.S. labor force unemployed in just five weeks. To put that into perspective, during the Great Recession, just over 37 million people filed for unemployment. That was over an 18-month span. We're approaching three-quarters of that total already in just five weeks. And the unemployment filings certainly understate the actual number of people who have lost their jobs. Now, I've heard quite a few people express some optimism that the number of filings actually dropped a little bit last week. So I guess we're flattening the unemployment curve, right? But we're going to see a lot more job losses going forward. You know, a lot of these companies are not going to reopen, and a lot more are going to go bankrupt in the months ahead. I've got an anecdotal story that I think paints a pretty good picture of what's going on out there. I have a friend who owns a small business, and he has two or three employees. The business has actually done really well over the last couple of years. In fact, his revenue nearly doubled between 2018 and 2019, and he was looking forward to more exponential growth this year. But he is buried in debt both business debt and personal debt. He's one of those people who wants to have all of the latest gear for the business, you know, the nicest office, all of those kinds of things. And low interest rates and easy credit, thank you Federal Reserve, made that possible. And and it was fine, really. He had the cash flow to manage his debt. But now there is no cash flow. He went from doing fine to hanging off the edge of a cliff by his fingertips in about four weeks. So the best case scenario is that he can tap into some of this small business loan money. But how will he ever pay it back? He was over-leveraged to begin with. And I think my buddy is kind of the rule out there, not the exception. This is the kind of economy the central bank policy has created. Everybody is in debt up to their eyeballs. There is no savings. I mean, who needed to save? We could just tap into our line of cheap credit. Well, here's the wake-up call. This is exactly why we needed to save. So, I think you're going to see a lot of businesses kick the can down the road with these stimulus loans, but they're still going to end up going under as the months pass by. There's just no way that the economy is going to recover quickly enough to allow the kind of income generation necessary to service all of this debt. I wrote an article this week about how a lot of businesses are going to face a cash flow problem even when the economy gets going again. So even if you accept this uh, insane notion that we could just snap our fingers and everything would roll again, we'd still have a problem because we live in a credit-based economy, right? Most transactions are on at least 30-day payment terms. So depending on the number of transactions in a product supply chain, it could take months to refill that cash flow pipeline. Meanwhile, the business owner still has to make payroll. She has to pay all of her reoccurring monthly bills, such as rent and utilities. So it leaves two options. You either pile on more debt to keep things limping along until the cash flow catches up, or you go out of business. As I've already pointed out, there are a lot of businesses out there that don't have any capacity to take on more debt. They can't pay the debt they have. I'm going to link to that article in the show notes page. You can check it out in a little more detail on the cash flow issues. 
One more final gloomy economic note that kind of reinforces my belief that things aren't going to just snap back to normal. People aren't going to just start going out again because Governor so-and-so lifts restrictions. I saw a CBS News poll, and it showed that if uh, stay-at-home orders were lifted today, 71% of the people said they wouldn't go to a bar or a restaurant. 85% said they wouldn't get on an airplane, and 87% said they wouldn't go to a large event. So bottom line, if you think the economy is going back to normal in a month or two, you're absolutely out of your mind. And in another sign of the economic chaos out there, the price of oil went negative on Monday. It's the first time that's ever happened. Again, we're in unprecedented, uncharted economic territory right now. Oil was selling for minus $40 a barrel. Of course, that doesn't mean that somebody's going to pay you to put gas in your car anytime soon. We're talking about the price of oil futures contracts. Nevertheless, it does indicate just how out of whack the oil market has become. In a nutshell, there is too much supply and demand has plummeted with everybody at home watching Netflix. Meanwhile, storage capacity is maxed out. So here's kind of what happened. An oil future contract is a promise to deliver a certain amount of oil at a certain price. Speculators play this market hoping to profit from price swings. So let's say you buy a $25 per barrel contract and the price of oil rises to $30. The investor can sell the contract and make a few bucks per barrel. That's why the oil futures turn negative. May futures contracts expired on Tuesday. That meant holders of those contracts would have to take delivery of the crude or roll it into a future contract. But there's no place to store the oil, so nobody wanted to be left holding the bag. Traders were literally paying people to take the contracts off their hands. Now, as with many things, you can pin the breakdown in supply and demand for oil on, wait for it, the Federal Reserve. Artificially low interest rates, courtesy of the central bank, allowed a lot of U.S. shale oil companies to continue pumping out oil, even though they were losing money at the current prices. They didn't want to cut production because they need to maintain revenue in order to service their extensive debt. The availability of low interest debt enabled them to keep pumping. But unfortunately, a lot of these debt-ridden oil companies are going to go under. The Fed can only paper this over for so long. The solution to the problem is really simple. Stop producing oil. The market is telling producers, make drastic output cuts. The demand isn't there. The world doesn't need all of this oil, and there isn't any place to store it. Like I said, a lot of these U.S. oil producers are going to go under because of this. They're over-leveraged. Not too long ago, I read a... Uh, article about shale fracking operations, and they need over $40 a barrel oil to turn a profit. So just another big yikes in the economy. Okay, so that's a lot of doom and gloom for one podcast. I want to close the show out with a little bit of optimism and maybe some constructive advice. Coach John Gruden, football coach, uh, currently of the Las Vegas Raiders, uh, coached my beloved Tampa Bay Buccaneers to a Super Bowl. He often was known to say, live your hopes, not your fears. Live your hopes, not your fears. I think that's a really good message for this time. You know, there's so much fear out there. I don't usually watch television news, but I was over at my mom's this week and the news was on in the background and I was kind of watching out of the corner of my eye and it was just, you know, one coronavirus story after another. And interestingly, they were all focused on New York. All of the video was from New York. Everything was New York. And of course, New York is the epicenter of the pandemic in the U.S. That's where we're seeing, I think almost half of the deaths have been in New York City. So this is the epicenter. 
But you know what? The rest of the country isn't like New York. And and maybe I'm a little shielded from it because where I am, there's been very little coronavirus and, and you're just not seeing the impacts. But if you're watching the news, I understand why people are scared to death. I understand exactly why they're saying they're not going to get on an airplane and they're not going to go out in public and they're not going to go to a big events. But I think we need to live our hopes, not our fears. We can't live in fear. We can't let this destroy our lives. We can be safe, quote unquote, from coronavirus and live absolutely miserable lives. I mean, we could prevent ever getting coronavirus if we just never went out of our house again. Who wants to live like that? We need to live our hopes and not our fears. Now, let me be clear. I'm not downplaying coronavirus. I recognize that it's a very dangerous disease. It spreads very quickly. It has impacted a lot of people. A lot of people have died. But also, it's not smallpox. And the truth of the matter is, even if you get this, you're probably not going to die from it. I think we need to find a balance, a balance between taking care of ourselves, being safe, and also living life. Because living a life in a bubble is not a life worth living. Destroying the economy is going to destroy as many lives as the virus. We have to find that balance in our decision making. Final thing I want to leave you with, control what you can control and let the rest of it go. Be proactive, be prepared. I started reading a little bit of Stoic philosophy a couple of years ago. And, you know, we think of Stoicism as, uh, you know, you get hurt and you don't show any emotion. But Stoicism is really about learning to recognize the things in your life that you can control taking action on those things, and letting things you can't control go. There are a lot of things going on right now that we have absolutely no control over. We don't have any control over what our governor says or when the lockdown ends or you know what happens in the stock market. But there are things in our lives that we have control over. We have control over our relationships with our family. We have control over how we live our own lives. We have control over how we prepare for the financial things that are coming down the pike that we can't control. That's the key to me, to sit down and evaluate and look at things and don't let the things that you can't control drive you. Don't let the fear drive you. Take control of your life, be proactive, and do the things, take the steps that you need to take to be ready for whatever comes down the pike in the future. From a financial standpoint, The folks over at Shift Gold can help you do that just in terms of protecting your wealth and dealing with the economic chaos that is already on us. You can do that. You can talk to them, call 1-888-GOLD-160, or just email them at info at shiftgold.com, and those folks can help you out. But this isn't just about finances. It's about living your life. Control those things. Take the time to you know deal with your family. I just really want people to try to live their dreams, live their hopes and not their fears. That's the message that I want to leave. A little little personal note for the Friday cold wrap. So again, running a little bit long, but I really wanted to say those things. I really wanted to try to inject a little optimism because I quite frankly get tired of the doom and gloom myself. So that's a gold wrap for this week. You can get more details on all of these stories and more. And of course, keep up with the latest precious metals news and analysis throughout the week at shiftgold.com slash news. If you haven't done it already, you can subscribe to the Friday Gold Wrap podcast at iTunes, on Stitcher, or on Google Play, and on the Shift Gold YouTube channel. We're also out there on the social media world, uh, on Twitter, on the Facebook, and on Instagram. So check all of that out. Notes uh, and links on the show notes page. Have a great week. Remember... 
Live your hopes, not your fears. Talk to you next week.